Welcome to the latest episode of Magic Cast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 235. It's our end of year-ish review, which technically isn't an end of year review because there's still one round of Serie A action, which kicks off Friday. Um, but we'll do a, an end of year sort of spin of what Roma done in 2023. Uh with me today is just just the one person. There was other people to come on, but unfortunately they couldn't due to unforeseen circumstances. How are you, Joey? I'm well. How are you, Scott? Uh, I'm full of food. I went back to work oh, today. I went back to work today. Uh, and I'm off tomorrow, but I'm all good. All good. Uh, I didn't indulge as much of food. I think it was just the quantity of food. Like, I would eat a lot of chocolate, but I haven't eaten a lot of chocolate. But we had a big Christmas dinner and then the leftovers yesterday. Um, but I hope everyone who celebrates had a lovely Christmas. And to the people who didn't, I hope they had a lovely holidays. It's gone away. It's gone too quickly again. Like, the last time we, we spoke was on here, which was Saturday. We were dwelling. <laughs> Still probably will be dwelling in Roma's victory over Napoli. But did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had a great Christmas. Uh, just a bunch of family got together. We have some Italian traditions, so no meat. We had a lot of fish, uh, pasta, and a lot of desserts. Uh, it's, you know, we're a family of about 20 to 25 that get together on Christmas Eve. That's our big day. But the, the amount of food, we could have fed a family of 75. That's So that's how much food that was there. It's just, and then lots and lots of pizzas. So when midnight hits... <sighs> Yeah, people bring out pizzas. Uh, there was about eight different types. It was just kept coming one after another and Tell just me more. a lot of food. Tell me more. What pizzas did you have? So there was pizzas with just cheese because some people don't like any meat on it. So we have to please everybody. There was pizza with um, rapini, spinach in English, and cheese. Mm. There was pepperoni. There was all dress type pizza. So there was pepperoni all- my favorite. Yeah, there was a lot of type, but some people don't eat pepperoni. That's why there's oh, there's yeah. other there's other versions of it. So it was a lot to eat on the 24th, and then you know, like you mentioned, you eat on the 25th, eat the leftovers. Plus, we had some meat because we're not traditionally we're not allowed to have it on the 24th. So you add everything I just said plus some turkey, and that was really the 25th. And yesterday, Scott, I had to head head myself over to the gym and try to sweat out as much as I can as much as I know. I'm I'm like that so I I try to get my body back into the the right shape so did you waddle to the gym yes yes I did but once now in a, yeah, like a, a wheelbarrow for pretty much you had to basically roll me there but I got there I did a lot of cardio uh got got a nice sweat in so it was good but I got to get ready for for more rounds of this, right? Because on the first, it's going to be another day of full of eating. So I got to prepare myself for for more food uh, and what's yet to come. I've got, I've still got two desserts to eat. So I've got a chocolate, no, I've got uh, a toffee or a caramel Bombay, which I bought in one of the supermarkets on Saturday morning. That feeds too. It's like a, like a, I think it's like a toffee sundae, which 
it's sort of warm Sundays, so there's warm toffee in the middle. And I've got a whole Pandoro to eat, <laughs> which, which they which they call is it in Italy? Don't they call it the golden bread? Is it gold bread? Um, maybe. I, I mean, it makes sense. I've never heard the expression. We just call it Pandoro here. Yeah, I didn't get. I had one, a small panettone which me and my mum shared on Christmas Eve. That was quite nice. Uh, a friend of mine bought that. Uh, I had last year. People were probably thinking, oh, we're talking about food. Come on, it's Christmas. We have to talk about food. Um, of course. Last year, I had pistachio, panettone. Oh, and, pistachio, oh my God, my Joey. Oh, Joey, it was... It took me five days to eat it. <laughs> but you got it done. Scott, let me ask oh, you, do you like uh, panettone better than pandoro or pandono better than panettone? I've never had pandoro before, so this is the oh, first Okay, first time. time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I know what to do with the sugar on top. You pour it on. Yeah. And then you shake and you watch the sugar sort of over the next couple of days dissolve into the 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 bread. And it's just you delicious. Got it. It's just delicious. We're just not big on it, Scott. We bring it every year because it's tradition, but I swear I don't think it ever gets open. It's more panettone we bring, but I swear it never gets open. I don't know why we're not actually big on No one's big on eating it. We make about three, four, five other cakes and other treats and about at least a thousand cookies, so no one ever touches the panettone or pandoro, whichever someone brings. So it's your, just... breaded, your breaded dessert of choice. Yeah, pretty much. It's like here. <laughs> There's about a million desserts. Go ahead and pick which one you want to eat. So we, we indulge in a lot. I I suffered a little bit like going to football yesterday. Boxing Day football over here in the UK is a tradition. Like, I felt stuffed. Like I felt stuffed and I felt sick as well. But then I got hungry and I had a, like a, a pasty. Cost me four fifty, and it felt it made me feel better afterwards. But when you've had something quite heavy the day before, you just feel physically meh. It just yeah. sits on your stomach, and I was happy. I did almost eight thousand steps yesterday, so uh, yeah, you get like, a nice walk in. I got two walks in, one one to buses, and a friend of mine, a family friend, gave me a lift to football yesterday. But his son lives. About a 10, 15 minute walk from the county grounds at Swindon. So we walked down there. I went to the shops yesterday morning. So I had to walk it off. Got coffee. You have to get a, lo- a coffee from a Tesco's. But yeah. Um, but no, Christmas Day, I know I said I wasn't looking forward to it. But in the end, it was fine. To be honest, Joey, it was all That's right. Uh, thank you. I, I, I was going to tweet out something today, but I'll probably say it on the podcast. Thank you for the. The, the likes and some of the comments yes yesterday yesterday was boxing day all the days roll into one now joey <laughs> it's it's strange but the tweet i put out on christmas day with a, with a can of iron brew which i've got right next to me now which is a scottish based isotonic drink which you could probably only just have one a day or one every other day because if you have more you'll be bouncing off the walls but no uh me and mum put out a plate and an empty a uh, glass of beer and we had a really nice day uh, at, at a bit too much the the chocolate cake at half past five was the icing on the cake no pun intended but it was a really nice day and it was a really nice couple of days because we went out for a walk on christmas eve as well even 
know the weather here in the UK and to to some extent in Swindon and even up north in in Scotland has not been great today and over the last couple of days so that we got caught in some winds and stuff like that but it was quite nice it was and also it was quite nice to go this sounds morbid it was actually quite nice to go back into work today he says working from home because it's just a bit of something to take your mind off things and just like it's only a day I'm off tomorrow and then back in on Friday off to football Friday night because there's another round of action bloody hour in the EFL I know Serie A kicks off that on um, on Friday is there four games on Friday and then yeah like there is and then the rest are played six on Saturday. games and then and there's uh epiphany round of action the following week weekend where there's I think there's four games on the Saturday four games on the Sunday and two games on Friday, which is quite good, but no, but it we're here. It, it's been something that I wasn't looking forward to in the end, but overall, it was fine. It was not a problem at all. The only downside is it went too quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's always like the same time flies when you're having fun. So yeah, uh, I had a good time as well, and no, we now we notice it's already the twenty seventh, and we're already past Christmas for another year. Oh no, and it's New Year and New Year's in a couple of days, but no. Um, we I keep a, a shortish pod. Um, let's do some highlights and lowlights. Probably best individual, best player, and what to think of twenty to uh, what to what you thought of twenty twenty three and what to what you expect in twenty twenty four. Joey, I'll start off with you. What's your highlight of twenty twenty three with AS Roma in all competitions? Like a goal or just a game? In just in general, I've got one. Oh, oh, this is this is really tough. Um, I have a couple that definitely came to mind, but the first mm. one that came to mind has got to be the um, Dybala goal against Feyenoord, and then That's just mine. seeing them off in extra time. So that goal, the timing of the goal, the way it carried us forward, and the fact that we made the final off of it has to be one of the highlights of 2023. And I'll give an honorable mention to um, beating Juventus at a pretty crucial time was uh, was uh, was big yes. as well because we were we were doing well uh, up until we faced that Feyenoord team. We did very well from when we came back from the World Cup until Feyenoord, and then everybody got injured. So I would definitely mention those because Juventus was it was big to keep into the race at that stage. And remember, we were for for a very long time we were up into third, fourth place. We were at third, I remember once, and we were five points ahead of Inter. We had a massive win against Udinese. So that whole time period, so beating Juventus, and then in that same time period, um, DiBala's goal and that win against Farnor probably probably the highlight of 2023 for me. Yeah, I've got two. No, I've got three. Um, in my head, I had four. Because <laughs> I was thinking Bove versus Bayer Leverkusen, which was quite good. But one was uh, I was at the final game of the season, which was quite good. Full house with an offensive banner to a certain English referee, which we may talk about in our lowlights of 2023. Um, I got to see a last-minute penalty. Um, Unfortunately, got to see Tommy Abraham 
tear his cruciates and and a second player I've seen damage their cruciate knee ligaments in the, in the final day of the season. But just to be in the Olympico where it matters, on the final day of the season where Roma still had something to play for in a European competition and won it with a late goal from Paolo Dybala, it was a penalty, even though the referee should have given Roma a penalty maybe a couple of minutes beforehand. Uh, and in typical Roma style, they almost could have lost it couple minutes beforehand when I think it was in Baron's own and missed a chance right near the end. Um Scott, Dubala, you know what? It wouldn't have actually in the end it actually didn't matter no. because Juventus Juventus got yeah. kicked out. But yeah at the time absolutely we needed that win and Dybala and the team pulled through for sure. Yeah uh the Dybala goal because when uh the Brazilian player who scored for Feyenoord his name it forgets and I do apologize there Which final player? Uh, the Brazilian attacker who scored. Paxal? Paxal? Paxal, yeah. That's yeah. The, apologies. Um, he scored that really, really good header. And there was just stunned silence. You could not hear a pin drop. And then for 10 minutes, you just see the wheels in motion come. And then when you get to see that through ball to Pelleg- from Pellegrini to, to Bala, rolls the defender with that touch... He's probably at this moment fifty-five to sixty percent fit and struggling. Shows that little bit of class. Takes the ball down, takes it around the defender, smashes it into into the goal. Ecstasy. Two one. Two two on aggregate. You got the next thirty minutes where Roma completely dominated those extra time. Stefano Sharari scores, and I think it was Lorenzo Pellegrini scored at the end, and then Jimenez gets sent off after, was it an altercation with Gianluca Mancini? Yeah. Was it a foul? And then you just see this Jose going mad on the touchline in added time. And it just, you felt it was like, yeah, done. It was just that, that moment of just something where it clicked, where there's a bit of class. There's a bit of individual brilliance, which we talked about in the past. And it saves Roma. And then Roma win the game four two on aggregate. You get the dust up in the uh, in the tunnel afterwards. They, they go through and beat by Leverkusen, and then they get to the final, which we I saved for a second time, which we'll probably talk about in a minute. And then there's 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 league there's league games this season where you're thinking, Jesus Christ, how are they going to get something out of that? And then bang, they score goals in the last minute. And you did mention the Juventus game because that was, a, a, to me, that was like Jose at his finest at Roma where he just completely shut Juventus down and nullified their attack. Went three seven zero, then brings Tammy Abraham on. Mancini scores that world in, celebrates in front of the Curvis hood. That's just really good moments. But then there's like moments where this season you got the 7-0 against Empoli got the comeback win against Lecce. I like the calorie win scoring yeah, four goals cal- away. Yeah, the calorie win- away win. And there's another, the Sassuolo one. And then the recent one against Napoli. There's just these individual moments. But those were the three that stood out for me. And something I could just take on to next season, uh, next season, next year. And it was just like those standout moments. I think we're probably in agreement on those, those three ones. So the main standout high moments 
of ecstasy for Roma in 2023. Absolutely. I think those were the three of the biggest moments they had of 2023. I mean, look again, look at the the timing, who they beat, how they beat them, and what it led to. So those are definitely the biggest moments uh, for both of us. Even in hindsight, and it being 2020, the far, the final <laughs> result did fuck up the season in Serie A. It I, did. Wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if Roma literally just went, oh, lose 2-1, go, go. Look, sorry, draw the game 1-1, go out on 2-1. And then just concentrate on Serie A because they went and lost to Atalanta, then lost to Inter. And I think they just dropped points against Bologna, Salerno, Atalanta. Milan, which Milan, yeah. put me on the floor, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it was injuries car. too, Scott. Besides yeah. just advancing forward, it was uh, the amount of people that came out injured that game. It was just, uh, and Dybala got injured, not that game, but literally the next game after Atalanta. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joey, something that we may have to talk about, and I'm sorry, low lights. Oh, there's one small one and one big one. It's yeah. very, very easy. The small do, you one... start... do you want to start with the small one? Yeah, the small one for me was still being in Champions League race. You score a big goal. I remember I texted you because you were on the road. You, I think you went to yeah. West Linden. Abraham Away at crew. Yeah. 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 And then it was on the M5. Yeah, <laughs> then in the 97th minute, you give up a goal to Salamakers, and they drew the game, and the game ends. Literally Still the think last it was a foul. of the game. Still think it was a foul. I definitely, but it ended up being the goal, and that just killed all our hopes. Scott, it's like, a, it was really like, I felt like I was kicked in the in the balls. Like, it was that <laughs> bad. I was like, I was just, I felt just utter pain from that moment of, just from going from that high ecstasy to beat Milan to to the low of Salamakers tying it. I mean, that would have put us, I believe, above Milan back and forth and in control and just never ended up happening. And it just, uh, from I mean, not just from that point, but it ended up going downhill even worse further. We could not win a game up until Spezia. So that was the small one. Um, do you have a small one or an honorable mention before I get to the big one? Or do you want me to go ahead? The capitulation against Lazio in March. Oh, yeah. Okay. Banyas is sending off the 4-1 humiliation away at Genoa, which was, oh, I thought, to be honest, I thought we would get a, get a, a statement on the Friday morning. But then Roma goes away and beats, was it, did they beat Calorie in the next, like, in three days later? And everything was. Oh I no, they played uh, Frosinone. Frosinone, and then they yeah. beat Calorie. Uh, they won the Europa League game, and then they beat Calorie. And then it's just like also the away form. The away form in Serie A and in Europe oh, has brutal. just yeah. been utterly disgusting. That reminds me of Slavia. Uh, you know, it's got, I yeah. mentioned Slavia too, a big game where, you know, you win or even tie. I, again, James said the three scenarios. Lose by one, one tie, draw. Or, or a draw or win. Oh, wait, Even yeah. if you drew that game, I would have been happy. You have control. Uh, you're you're good to go. You just needed one win out of your next two, and then just not lose out of your next in your next two games. And they could have managed it. It was it was pretty low of them. Like the way they played that game was was just pitiful. 
and it was a big game and this is what's going to cost us. Now we have to face Feyenoord again in the uh, <laughs> elimination round now for the um, to make it into um, the knockouts for uh, Europa League. Europa League, yeah. Um, should we talk about the big one? Yeah, 80th minute. Uh, ball gets played in by Matic. If I'm not mistaken, it's Fernando that handles it with his hand. So... Oh, is it? Uh, it's the or was it the French defender? I thought uh, it was Fernando, but it's one of them two. It's I either one or the other. Let's have a look. Let's search on social media. Anthony Taylor, and then my name. <laughs> uh, that brings back memories. Oh, now you're going to see all the memories of you mentioning Anthony Taylor. Oh no, it's just um. Actually, no, it may be. Taylor, this is good podcasting. But if you go on, sorry, Joey, just talk about the uh, yeah. So the 80th minute, no handball uh, given to us. Uh, Essentially, we were we seemed to be heading downhill with guys not being able to play a full ninety. We had to take guys off. I mean, that penalty could have changed the way our outlook is of the season we're playing in now in 2023-2024, not given to us, the refereeing by Anthony Taylor in the European final. I mean, there's not much more to say. That's the lowest of the lows. We act- I actually almost had the highest of the highs with Dybala's goal that he scored. You know, proper goal. We go up 1-0. Sevilla not doing much. Sure, they pressured him in the second half, but you're on a lot of yellows. You're getting a lot of terrible calls against you. You don't get the red card to Rakitic, the second yellow. You don't or Lamella. Get... It was who? Lam- or Lamella. Oh, or Lamella. That's right. And then you don't get the handball called in the 80th. I'm sorry. His hand wasn't near the body from what we're seeing today. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse with Taylor. We go to penalties, and that is certainly not our strongest suit. Plus, we didn't have our... Uh, our penalty kick takers, I mean, Pellegrini and Dybala were off. So, uh, I mean, we were stuck playing center backs. And you know what? This is part of a low squad. I, I was very disappointed in guys like Al-Shuari Balotti. They don't seem to have the, uh, you know, they don't seem to have the, the the balls. The balls. The balls to go up and take a penalty. You're having Mancini Nibanez take them. I'm I mean, and Cristante. And Cristante. But Cristante, I think, can take them. So it's that I'm all right with. It's the other two, not so much. Plus, I don't have any hope of Patricio maybe of saving many penalties. I know he saved one that year, but he doesn't seem very strong. And he's obviously, uh, he's obviously, um, you know, he's a little past his time now. So, so yeah, that whole factor with Taylor and then, you know, suspending Mourinho for words very harsh words but still words that need to be said because taylor's not being held accountable it's just it was definitely the the low of the season and obviously it changed our whole summer you go from playing champions league to europa league not having the money maybe not attracting many players and you get stuck with players like example renato sanchez we took him because he had talent but broken and we're already thinking of sending him back so this is part of the repercussion. So you, you don't have much of a budget to work with. And it's definitely the low of the, of 2023 for me. In hindsight, it, I think it may have broken severe as well, because 
they're on their third coach of this season already because they sacked Mendilabar, they sacked Diego Alonso not so long ago, and they're on the Kike Setien, no Kike Sanchez Flores, uh, not Kike Setien. He was he's a different person who used to manage Barcelona and Real Betis, but uh, Kike Sanchez Flores is their new manager, and they're in a bit of strife at the moment. Scott, doesn't that anger you though? Like that we a lost team that's struggling this badly. A little bit. And just remember, where did they finish in the Champions League group? They finished fourth. And they were absolutely dreadful against Pierce Bay, Arsenal and Lons. And they got destroyed in that group. It It's still little... Like, we did the pod the next day and I was in Italy not so long afterwards for the Spezia game. And there was still, I was speaking to Lee Roberts and a couple of of his friends. And I was speaking to Rosa because we met up outside the King Panino, right near the ground. And like four days later, people were still pissed off about that and still fuming. Um, I was upset and depressed yeah. for, for a little while, yeah. A little while. What annoyed me the most with that? I think he may have shut up shop a little bit too early. I know yeah, it worked. I, I know it. I know it worked really, really well away at Sociedad and away at Bayer Leverkusen. I just think that Sevilla were attacking their own fans in the second half, and it was an unfortunate own goal. And there was another thing that pissed me off in that game: the retaken penalty to win it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've got no words for it. I just think Sevilla were there for the taking. It's a low, a low moment, but Roma did have the opportunities to to win it, and there was the incident with the handball. I didn't like Anthony Taylor being surrounded by Roma fans and threatened with his family in the airport uh, after the final um, the next day. And then we get to see Anthony Taylor referee the one of the first games in the Premier League, Liverpool-Chelsea, and also not give a handball in that game. I was just like, oh, my days. And he gets and then, demoted. And then he gets demoted and gives a, a really bad penalty in uh, the Preston game he did, which did not make sense. Um, he's not a good referee. And to be honest, the standard of refereeing in England has gone to pot this season in general and the use of VAR in England is a different story as well there was an incident if you didn't see in the Knott's Forest game against Bournemouth on Saturday when Willie Bolly got sent off and in his for the second yellow he completely wins the ball and it's just it's and he got sent off for winning the winning the ball in a tackle but the referee saw it in a different way and he's going to get probably suspended and they don't use VAR for, for to, for a second yellows, which is also a bit strange, but hey ho. But no, on that, I do, I did like the Europa League run because it had its ups and downs. Could have got knocked out of the group stage. Won all the home games. Didn't win any of the away games in the knockout round. And I just think he's he may it's it's not. I'm not gonna dog Jose. He's done it so many times and won so many games. I just think he may have shut up shot a little bit too early. And his subs were a little bit strange because it left Roma light on penalties. And they they had the chances and severe worth for the taking. It could have been back-to-back European competitions. And I think they would have been in the Super Cup in that 
South American Recopa challenge they have with the Copa Libertadores uh, winners from the previous year. And I would have got the Champions League football. But it's, it it still bothers me today, but I can I can move on. It's not the end of the world. You win final, you lose finals. It's just the only positive spot I way. Right. And the only positive I, I try to take all this, I know Sevilla went to Champions League, but maybe they'll help us for that fifth spot by getting eliminated from all competitions. So uh, yeah. they're not yeah, and also they're not in the Europa League for the last a, a, exactly. So it's going to be tough for this Europa League, but again, I've I always, I've doubted Roma in every knockout competition, and I mean most of the time they proved me wrong. Even in the Conference League, I don't find we I don't find we did particularly well against Bodo. We came first because luckily they drew their last game. That's the yeah, only reason we came. Sorry, yeah. So we never impressed in the group stage. We didn't impress. Last season, the group stage losing to Ludogorets and not being able to beat Betis one time, but and so we but we ended up making the final and the conference league we ended up winning it. So uh, if there's one thing that Jose is really strong at, he's he's good at knockouts. So you can you can never count him out, and he's gonna try his best to go all the way again, even though it seems it might be harder. But you never know what can happen. I mean, look at it last year; no one thought Sevilla would pass Man United or Juventus, and they ended up doing it. So. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. Right. I'll ask you for your favorite player for Roma in 2023. Very easy. Paulo Dybala. Yeah, I know it's going to be Paulo I mean, I can't. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Smalling. I thought he was tremendous. Like, Scott, I've had friends who don't really watch Roma. Um I'll be honest, I even have friends who are, uh, they like to game uh, and play uh, EFC or FIFA was it was back then. And sometimes they get, you know, you get cards that if they do well in the, the tournament, they get uh, better rated, they get upgraded. Mm-hmm. And friends are asking me about Smalling because they know I'm a Roma fan. I'm telling, telling you that like, he's a beast. If he's there, they'll go far. They'll watch games from him and they say, wow, this guy never loses anything in the air. They were telling me and like, yeah, he's really was a beast. So I'll, Certainly give him a shout-out, but it's hard to go against Dybala. I think he was our only source of offense last year, and he badly needed help on offense. Now he has Lukaku to help him, but last year I felt like he had nobody. No striker was scoring consistently. Uh, No midfield was helping scoring at all. Uh, Pellegrini was completely off form, was, was really bad most of the year. So... You didn't get much production out of, I mean, Sobak didn't play too much, so it's hard to say, but you really didn't get much production uh, here and there from El Sharari. And uh, other than that, that's about it. So he was literally our source of offense. So it's hard for me to pick anybody else. Dear Paolo, I wrote to you, but you still ain't calling. He's still not calling me. That's upsetting, but... Hey, my salad the bottom. You must not have got him. There must have been something with, wrong with the post office or something. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I always think the letters I send to him just go to the wrong address. So I keep hope one day he'll respond back. Uh, Sam, when Joey starts saying about Paolo Dybala, if we can, can we have Eminem and Stan playing in the background? Oh, he's going to put that in <laughs> one day and I'm just going to laugh. <laughs> Tears don't come, I wonder why. <laughs> Got out of bed at all. 
A morning rain drop hits my window. And I can't see it yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> I, I can sing the whole song, but I won't. I'm not really a singer. Dare I must? Yeah, I'm not going to sing the rest of it. <laughs> um, for me, I think it's just the emergence of Eduardo Bove. I think he's just been sensational this this season, uh, this season, this year. And I think there were reports of him being sent out on loan to maybe a Serie B side last, like in the in the January transfer window. But I think the emergence of him, I think he's been one of Roma's best midfielders in the latter half of 2023 and along with Brian Cristante. um, I think we're going to be in agreement for your most disappointment. I've got two and I think one of them will be in Saudi in about 10 days time. And one will be back at his parent club. (laughs) Oh yes. Uh, I don't know about the, the parent club. I mean, if he's a third, then yes. Before before we mention that, Scott, I wanted to mention one more thing about Bove. I, I think the Napoli mm. game was a big eye-opener for me. I, I know people may ask, well, why this late? Like, I know he's been getting better and better. But the amount we struggled to have, a like, a box-to-box, you know, midfielder that, you know, that always runs, presses, wins the ball very well. Like, we never see that in the person I'll mention in Sanchez very shortly. And even with Pellegrini's struggle, it was nice to see somebody really step up against a bigger team like Napoli. And I thought he did a tremendous job. So it was a real eye-opener for me for Bove. Uh, so I, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, for the disappointments, I mean, Spinazzola needs to go to Saudi. He's definitely one of them. I mean, I, I can say mostly about every wing back, but he's certainly the most disappointing because we have the most expectations of him. So... He's definitely uh, been the most disappointing for me. Um, I don't know if it's a second, third, or and third, but it might be tied. I think Pellegrini has to be in there. Uh, you look for your captain, your leader, and to me, he's been a no-show in 2023. He's been nowhere to be found. He keeps struggling. In- I know injuries are not people's faults, but you you got to factor that in. He's been injured, and when he plays... He has the, that brilliant moment. Um, who was it against? Servette. And then he gets injured. Maybe now it might turn the tide for him, scoring against Napoli. But he's definitely in one of the biggest disappointments. And third is uh, Pinto's lover, Sanchez. Renato uh, Sanchez. Renato Sanchez, yeah. Hey, Scott, I'm telling you. I Renato mean, doesn't, doesn't Pinto, like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying to completely, you know, uh, full on hate the guy, but I think he he deserves talk and criticism towards him for saying I love Sanchez will be my fault. Like the guy's not going to even last till January. It seems mm. like he might, but he might like they might terminate his clause. I mean, a telling sign Scott is on Instagram. I saw a report that he removed everything about Roma, everything being a you know the description of being a footballer of Roma to the picture. It's a telling sign that. He may not be here come January. And yeah, it just it's been disappointing. Even when he plays, he's a fear of getting injured, no intensity from him. I don't blame Jose for subbing him off or not playing him. Like look at the difference with Bove uh to Sanch. So he's definitely a di- big disappointment. And again, I turn my eyes towards Pinto. I don't know. I, I think it's a 
it's a it's a big thing to consider when renewing him of you know how much you put faith in this guy and he didn't even last to January. So those are those are definitely my my top three. I've got a couple. I think the injury to Smallin is one. We've not seen him since what, September? Okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah, been the injury, it's, yeah. It's been worrying. I dunno. And he's he's on all the reports he could be on his way out. It wouldn't surprise me if we if he goes either to the Premier League, back to England. And also Saudi. Spinazzola's form has been a real disappointment in the latter half of this 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 calendar year, and this the, the first half of twenty three twenty four. In some games, he's he's shown flashes of brilliance, and then some games, he's thinking, is he really a footballer? Does he look really interested? Because I know there's no talk of him getting an extension on this deal because his deal runs out in the 30th of June, 2024. And also, in three days, people who are free agents, I'm just putting a disclaimer out there, on the 30th of December, if you've got six months left on your deal, you can talk to other clubs. So, it could be a win-win situation. Um, the assist from wing-backs, like the wing-backs forms hasn't been great. I just wonder if there needs to be a fresh impotence of blood of new blood. They uh, need to all go to all of them. The only one maybe <laughs> I give a chance for because he's young is Zaleski as a backup. But yeah. They all need to go. I mean, it, I don't add Christensen as a disappointment, but he, he'll he be a disappointing footballer for me. Uh, oh, come on. He scored a back-to-back goals for Leeds in the Premier League last season against uh, Wolves and Arsenal. He scored at the Emirates. Uh, I know, Scott, but I, I mean, just for Roma, it's just, it's not, a, I, I mean, to be he honest, just, he has he has shown glimpses in he, games. He's done he's done a little better, but I, I'm trying to I, like I, I'm expecting. I know Roma isn't a top club. I always consider Roma just out of the elite or out of the top clubs. When you mention that, they're in the next best. But I just expect better quality than what we've seen at our at our fullbacks. So yeah, and I, I agree with you on Renato Sanz because he resurrected his career after what happened at Bayern with Lille. And he he won the league with Lille when during that during the twenty 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 one season Lille won it miraculously, uh, beating the big bucks and the Qatari money of PSG. And it was just it was really really good to watch. And he was the focal point in midfield that, that Lille side under Christophe Galtier was really good to watch. And then he goes to PSG for like twelve mil and just does okay they win the league the next season comes over here and i'm thinking yes we've got a good midfielder in the 352 could do something it's just it's been meh it's just not been good enough i think a telling sign was the the 18 minutes against bologna and it was yeah, zero intensity and it, Scott, the psg season he i don't even think he played that well and he was injured quite often so mm. What's with it with Roma and PSG and buying midfielders? Genie Wijnaldum, Leandro Paredes. They have good relationship. They're yeah. good relations because uh, I know Friedkin is part of the. I don't know if it's the ECA. It's the European 
something with the European board and uh, which the president of PSG is very involved with. I don't know if he's okay. a president, president of it, but they have good relations with two teams, just like Freakins have very good relations and they're, um, they're friends with Todd Bowley of Chelsea. So they have good relations as well. So they, they give us favorable deals, but again, they're for players that, you know, don't, necessarily other teams want and they don't perform well look the genie wijnaldum deal scott i'll always praise it i think he's a good player what happened to him of breaking his uh fibula is it's a pure accident that's not like getting a broken player wijnaldum's never missed time before or not much time the Mm. amount of times he played in liverpool and the amount of times he played psg he didn't miss much he wasn't a broken player he came here and he got an injury that is very rare. It's not something that, you know, like Sanchez, where he keeps getting muscle injuries. That's different. We just got bad luck when I know them, and I thought he would have succeeded um, if he stayed healthy. I truly believe if he stayed healthy he the whole season, it would have been much better at the end. I know at the end he was a little disappointing, but, you know, after six months of not playing, I think it's hard coming back from it. But Sanchez, is a, it's just another case altogether. We took a broken player. He's still broken. And if he plays, he doesn't play with intensity. Plus, we hear, to me, it's, I'm sorry, it's stupid things on camera that he doesn't even know why he's injured or some sort of, he doesn't know if there's some sort of curse on him. When you start hearing that, it's like, okay, like, I, I think this is time to end it. So it just, it was just a, a big disappointment. And, I still think it's something we're missing. We're still, we have Bove. I think Bove is decent box to box. He's good at high pressing. I I, I do think his, his uh, technical abilities are the most limiting part of his game with the ball at his feet or maybe passing and shooting, but he, he's certainly good around the field. But if you can get another box to box, that could chip it with goals, like long range shots, you know, the Barella types, I'm not saying at that quality, but different just, type of player. Right. Exactly. That's, I think something Roma is still certainly missing on this team to give added depth. So we thought we had that in Sanchez and now we got a, a relook in either January or the summer. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's best to cut ties. Yes, think... absolutely. Absolutely. Cause we're certainly not going to buy him and we're not going to see him play much. The 18 minutes he got Scott and, if you rewatch that game, I'm telling you, he did not put any intensity in those 18 minutes. I plan not to rewatch that game. No, either. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you definitely don't want to rewatch it, but Mourinho, uh, seeing that for 18 minutes, I mean, as a coach, you have to take him off. It's it's the right decision. You, uh, I mean, we lost the game, but we didn't have any intensity, and Sanchez was a big reason for it. Um, before we wrap up. Um... Our second to last podcast of 2023. What's your thoughts of Roma and what and wants on what to do in 2024 for the for the latter part of the 2023-24 season? I want Roma to finish Champions League. I mean, it's everyone's objective. It's every fan's objective. It's Mourinho's objective. It's the players' objectives. I want that. Will they get it? I think they'll fall short. Unfortunately. I, I want to see better quality play, uh, especially away from Ever home. the pessimist. Ever the pessimist, Joey. Yeah, I'm sorry, Scott. It's just <laughs> that's what I see in this team. So I just, going off of it, 
the that's why you're here, Scott. You're here to level headed. You be the optimist type. So um yeah. I I think that's what I want to see from Oma and I want to see their waveform get better. I I'd like to see them do better away and against the bigger teams, show a little more quality scoring wise as well. Defensively, I never have um, I never doubt them. I think they're a little worse than last year. They're missing Smalling. They'll try to correct it, I know, in January. But really, what I want to see is, you know, better quality play, um, especially away, but at home too, against the big teams, for sure. And I want the objective to make uh, Champions League. And this might not be the season, but something I want to see or maybe expect is, like we said last pod, at the summer, I really want them to try to get younger, try to get guys who are obviously not broken and just hope for the future. Really get some really technical quality players that can help us uh, build forward, with, whether it's with Mourinho or with another coach. So that's my hope and expectations for uh, 2024. I would like to see a go at the domestic side in the Coppa Italia. That okay. is a trophy that Roma should be going for. With Napoli out, and you have the potential of a Inter out too, and Inter, and you have the potential out for a Rome derby quarter final. In I think in mid, uh, late Ju- uh, late July, sorry Scott, uh, English Scott, uh, late January, early February, you have to sort of go for it. They whimpered out against Cremonese last year, and evidently, guess who they got again in six days' time? They played Cremonese. Uh, same same venue at the Stadio Olimpico. Don't balls us up because this is an opportunity for Roma to do well in a domestic competition they haven't won since two thousand eight. Um, I I echo your sentiments. I think Roma's home form is literally a bargain for them because it's you know, it's the atmosphere of the Olimpico will galvanize the team so all they need to do is win their home games in Serie A and I think they can win the majority of them it's just picking up points from away from home in the the style of football that they play is to not to be defeated I would love to see Roma in some games in 2024 like they did against Calorie and some of the games they will play against the smaller teams go out on the front foot you have yes, the quality be aggressive. yes be aggressive take the the game by the scruff of the neck show some balls show some fight show some character glinta glinta and go for the dagger too right like yeah. you're up one zero go for the second goal yeah i want to the job like and players to remain fit and just not break no, down but that's um yeah, that happens at any club any any club at any time of the year. Just look at AC Milan at the moment. They're struggling with muscle injuries. I would just I think Roma will do well in twenty twenty three. They just have to show the consistency of winning the game winning games away from home. Show that they can do it in the big games. They've got the winning mentality. They did really well against the poor Napoli side. And they've got the Derby at home. They got to play Juventus at home also. Uh they got to play AC uh, they got to play Inter Milan at home. They got to play Atalanta at home. That's it, win up winnable games at home. Yeah, it is. And it's it's funny you mentioned the AC Milan game, so Scott like, That's away from home. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the muscle injuries and it made me think, you know what, we, we actually played them very soon in yeah. January. 
January the 14th. 14th. This would be a very, 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 very good opportunity to take something away from home because, like you mentioned, all their muscle injuries, you you know they might get one of them back, but you know they do not have a healthy senior center back on their roster right now. You know they're all injured, Kalulu, Kyrie, Tamori, and Chow. So we will definitely not play Tamori, and we not might not play another one or two of them. This would be a good, I know it's one position, but this would be a, a, certainly a fantastic opportunity to be aggressive and go out and try to take a result in Milan. And a game like that, take opportunity, like so many teams take advantage of us having so many injured players. Well, maybe it can be our turn to take, you know, take advantage of a team suffering with injuries like Milan are and struggling in general in games. They just tied Selenitana, which is rock bottom of the table. So I, I'd like to see that. Honestly, I'd like to see that more of uh, Roma, Scott. And one more thing, I will definitely have to mention, Scott, you, you might not like this that I'm going to say this, but I will not be mad if Roma bow out of the Coppa Italia. Well, I will not be happy, but I will blasphemous. not be mad. No, it's fine. I just don't care for the extra games in the Cup. I, again, top four is all I care for, or Champions League in any way, and... The Italian Cup, the Coppa Italia, is not an avenue for it, so I don't care for the extra games. So for me, uh, maybe might be one of those. I know a lot of people say to go for it. I just for one year, I like I said, I'm dying to see Roman Champions League. So yeah, that's that's what I want to. I want Roma to have every opportunity possible for that to happen. So I wouldn't be upset. Just ski for, just ski for. Um, what about uh, Europa League? I'll go as go as far as you can, Scott. Again, um, yeah. I would have said maybe this would be the year to okay, you know, bow out of the competition and focus on the league. But again, we're only helping ourselves as the further we go, the better chances we have at that fifth spot. And Roma can realistically make fifth. We have to help if we leave early. Well, we're not helping Italy make it. So um, there's an incentive of going far this year and getting an extra spot. So I, I definitely want Roma to go as far as possible because I think fifth is very achievable this year. They just have to get past final, but that is a topic for a different day. Um, Joey, I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything else to add? No, we covered uh, we covered basically the highs and lows of 2023, 2024. Uh, and the year of 2023 in general yes exactly i do have one more thing to add and i i did actually talk about this on on saturday uh because we brief, briefly talked about it the seria annual table roma at eighth with 64 points is that roughly where you thought they would be nope that's more disappointing uh, they haven't been as great in the league i think with this squad they will, should have been anywhere between four and six and so to be eight, it's uh, it's obviously disappointing. It is a twenty-three team um, table because of the three relegated teams last season. They played a half of the year, which was Sampdoria, which was Cremonese, and which was Spezia. They all played twenty-three games because it was a bit convoluted with the World Cup last season. But eighth is disappointing. Um, there is still one more game left. They could finish as high as sixth. 
with Bologna and Fiorentina above them. But okay, yeah. so we just have to shit house a win against Juventus, <laughs> which which could happen. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. And don't have anything to to add. I think we covered pretty much all the bases. Um, guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com. You can find our previous, I think it's 234 episodes, or was it 235? I think we're on 234, 235. Um, it's, but uh, you can follow us follow us there. My mind went blank there. It's been a long day. Uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms, so your Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., etc. We'll be back... Should we record after the game again, Joey? Don't fancy recording on New Year's Eve, do you? Um, I I don't care either way, either or. I'm fine yeah. with with whatever. See if I can get some more people to join us. We may do it Sunday afternoon, my time, like Sunday morning, your time, if that's okay. We may be back sun- Saturday or Sunday. Either or is even fine with me. Uh, and it will be the final pod of the year. And hopefully we're reviewing, or oh, deep down inside, it'll be Allegri Ball versus Mourinho Ball. I so, want a shitty 1-0 win, Scott. If I ever want one so bad, it would be against Juventus 100%. Who scores? Oh, what uh, a center back or someone you don't expect to score because that's what happens with Juve. Uh, 60th, 70th minute, I don't know, like a Mancini, oh. Mancini or Indica. It has to be a center back. Mourinho ball versus Allegri ball, it's got to be a center back that scores. If it's not, even someone like Christensen, just some player you just don't expect and just shit house the rest of the game for that 1-0 win. Just bring Allegri ball to Allegri. Well, they have been shit housing one nils and two ones recently, so it'll be it's um, it's going to be an intriguing watch, and we'll be back at the weekend to talk about that. And it's the final game of the year, and then Roma go into a Coppa Italia game, and then back into the to the league action against Atalanta, and then AC Milan all over again, and then yes, yeah, so we're back on the road, and it should be fun. Um, I hope you guys had a, an enjoyable Christmas. And we're not far from the new year. Um, Joey, thank you for thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. As I said earlier day uh, earlier today, the days roll into one during the Christmas festivities, and it's just like I don't know what day it is. I know tomorrow's Thursday, but thank you so much for taking your time out of your Wednesday to join me. Yeah, thanks, Scott. It was nice doing a, a year in review of uh, of the uh, you know all the highs and lows, what Roma's good for, uh, what they specialize for for all of us fans. So it was good to talk to you about it. And it was it was it was like a therapy session when we talked about the lows. Oh. I know I know you probably didn't want to bring up a certain game or a certain individual, but we had to. But no, I hope you guys enjoy this, and we'll be back at the weekend. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and enjoy the. Uh, the rest of the festivities on the holidays. We'll speak soon. Ciao. Ciao.